Hello, welcome to another episode on Paving the Way podcast. I'm Seth Amoa, aka SA. I'm here with Kenny Jean Louis, also as KJL. Today we're here with a big time uh, former basketball player. He's a head coach. Uh, there's a lot more I want to say, but you know we'll get into it in the interview. Please give it up for Wayne Yearwood. Merci, merci d'avoir accepté l'invitation directement. Moi qui sais d'autant envoyer l'invitation qui t'a accepté. Puis donc merci à beaucoup de personnes qui vont apprendre de l'interview, que ça soit joueur ou que ça soit coach. So, merci encore. So the first first question that we always ask everyone: When's the passion for basketball started for you? Huh. When did it start? Yeah. <laughs> it started when I was really young, probably about five years old. Oh. The bug hit me really early in life, you know. Um, I, I happen I happen to have a chance to see the Harlem Globetrotters play. I was five years old, and um, that's it. It bit me right there. Yeah. It bit me right there. So I I have um, stories that I wrote when I was like five and six years old about basketball and wanted to be a basketball player, and and it consumed me from then. Did you did you and like did you always I guess around that age, where you were you like, you know what? Did you start training when you as soon as you wanted to play basketball, or is it like something that was just like, okay, you know, I just do for fun? No, I, like, well, it's always for it was always for fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, I always played the game for fun. You know, but it was a, it was something that I saw and something that I wanted to try. I was I was athletically inclined. As a kid, as a, from a very early age, I played soccer, baseball, football. I did everything, and but basketball is something that I that it really um, took me. It, it got me, you know, at a very early age. So I always played. I remember playing at a very young age. But back then, you know, I couldn't just go to the gym and play. It wasn't as um, open to play the game as it is now. Obviously, right. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't always easy the game. It came when I was in school, you know, I went to the gym, every chance I got, I grabbed whatever ball was available, a volleyball, a soccer ball, you know what I mean? If I didn't have a basketball and I shot hoops, you know? Okay. So it progressed from there, you know? Okay. And when, when was your first, first real team? Like, was it in- Oh in man. Um, wow, it, it had to be in school, playing in school. Um, probably by grade five, by grade five, by grade six, I was already playing in school. I was a school team. So um, I started playing in tournaments, in uh, school tournaments. It seemed like there was a lot of tournaments back then, you know, so I was able to play in school tournaments, right? So I did that. And, and that's where, you know, I started to play a lot. And I realized, okay, I could play in school teams. You know, then I got into city teams and I was playing school team and then city teams after school teams. And then that's when that's when things started to roll. You know, okay. I was playing all the time after that. Were you, you good know, right off the bat or? Yeah, I, I was pretty good off the bat. I, you know, I had games where I dropped 25 in the first half and the coach Jeez. wouldn't let me play the whole second half. You know, he didn't want me to embarrass the other team, you know. <laughs> so it, it came. It was pretty good. I, I dropped. I dropped buckets very early, very early, because I was tall. I was always the uh -huh. tallest one, but I was athletic, you know? So putting the ball in the basket and finding ways to do it came real naturally to me. Uh -huh. 
I know I I know you went you played for Dawson, but was there yep. any other schools recruiting you? I'm pretty sure. Uh, back then? Yeah. Back then I I um when I was in grade six, I know um Olga, Olga Rickak, who was a Dawson legend now, but she coached at Champlain back then. Mm. And uh, I was living on the South Shore in the South Shore at the time in Brassard. And um she asked me to come to her practices in CJEP. I was in the sixth grade. Wow. So she was already grooming me to come and play for Champlain. And then I moved back to the city and then I just went to Dawson. Like it was a, it was a no brainer. You know what I mean? I, I live right down the street from Dawson. And okay. so I went to Dawson. Okay, and uh, how was your time there? At Dawson? Yeah. It was great. It was great. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, it, it, um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough at Dawson to have some really good coaches. My first coach at Dawson was Andy Mezzi. And Andy Mezzi, uh, you know, um, he just passed away about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that, that, that really touched me a lot because he, he was very important to me as far as my basketball career and growing up and playing the game at that age, you know, CJEP age, and having an opportunity to have a coach like him who was experienced in sport. Uh, junior championship soccer team he was from hungary but um he had a great knowledge for team sports and introduced me to concepts and understanding of the game that um i still hold today as some of my philosophies as coaching and um so i was very lucky to have him as a coach and play with a lot of good players we had great teams um at that time at dawson and um went to the national championships provincial championships you know like we had a team we had a team I know you played alongside uh, Dwight Walton and Trevor Williams, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trevor, so Trevor was, was my yeah. guy. Dwight came a little bit after, after? me. Okay. I was gone when when Dwight came, but I played with Trevor. We, Trevor and I, you know, we went to high school together. We live on the same street at the time, you know, um, and we played we played at Dawson together. You know, we were like a one and two punch. You know, he was yeah. point guard, I was a forward, and uh, we did our thing. We did our thing. We won a national championship and. Um, Jeez. my second year at Dawson so Jeez. how was that winning nationals yeah it was great it was great you know like you know like I like I said I always played the game for fun I played mm-hmm. for fun yes I played to win but I played because I enjoyed to play and to have an opportunity to play with my high school friend my boy close friend and you know and in fact most of their team was built with guys that we all grew up together so to have a chance to play together you know and and have so much fun and be successful at it and uh, that was great it was great mm-hmm. um, I, 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 know you said, I know you said you were good right off the bat but what were you mm-hmm. doing every summer every year to also get better mm-hmm. well in my very early years playing like i like i said i played every sport so you know depending on the season like it was hard to get a game of basketball all the time but I played baseball, I played soccer, I played football, I skated in the winter. You know, I did a little bit of everything. And I ran. I ran track. I was a triple jump, provincial triple jump champion when I was young. Um, so I did everything. So all of that training in different sports helped me for basketball, you know. I remember having a soccer ball and going to my basement and dribbling the soccer ball, working on my ball handling in the basement you know what i mean because i knew i couldn't do it upstairs my mother would like 
He's screaming at me. So I went down in the basement and dribbled a soccer ball, you know, and I ran all the time. So I was always in good shape. Um, when I was able to old enough to start getting to games and I found outdoor courts, I found guys that I was in school with that would bring me to the outdoor courts. And I had outdoor courts when I moved back to Montreal, we had an outdoor court right down the street from us. So we played there. We had another one, two blocks away from us. I played there and we played till the lights from early in the morning till late at night. You know, literally <laughs> police would drive on the basketball court and cut the lights out, wow. you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that was like, it was like that in the day, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, we're talking about nationals and I just thought about it. So you won nationals playing for Dawson, mm -hmm. but I know mm -hmm. you also won nationals as a head coach. Yep. In, 2007. Uh, 2007, won the nationals. yeah. So yeah. Um, I just want to know which feeling is better, winning as a coach or as a player? Oh, man. Um, whew, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't tell you the difference. I just know as a player, you put your blood, sweat, and tears on the court and you're playing, right? So it's mm -hmm. your, 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 you're immersed in it. As a coach, um, what I, the satisfaction I got was being able to put a group of guys together and having them play as one unit mm -hmm. and be successful there. So that was really, that was more proud of what they became proud of where they went and how they um, blossomed into a team. So as a coach, I got, had that feeling as a proud, like a proud father, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As a player, you're in, the, you're in the trenches, you know what I mean? You're battling, you know, you're yeah. battling. It's a, it's a lot, it's a little bit of a different feeling, obviously, but mm -hmm. both feelings are nonetheless, you know, really nice, really good. Yeah. It's funny, I always tell people when we won the national championships, I, I did very little coaching. So that, that let me know that my team was prepared because I didn't have to do too much. We ran our practices. We did our shoot arounds. When it came to the game, I, I rarely, I was so stress-free and easygoing. Like the guys just knew what they had to do. Yeah. So I, I was pleased that we came to that level where they can just go and do it. You know, yes, I had the game plan. Yes, I knew what we had to do. And I put it out there and they just did it. I just sat and relaxed, let them do their thing. So it was really like, it was a great experience. Okay. Nice. And when you were playing at Dawson, when the recruiting process started for you, like your first mm. time? It started early. It started early. Um, I remember going to a basketball camp, five-star basketball camp in the States. And um, a lot of coaches seeing me up there and... Um, or down there and uh, the recruiting started fast and furious real, real quickly. Um, I, again, I was, I was oblivious to the process and I, I wasn't aware that um, basketball could take me to a place like mm -hmm. that, free education, mm -hmm. um, travel. I wasn't, I didn't know, I love to play, you mm -hmm. know? And that's what I focused on, playing and getting better in the summer and working on my game. And when I realized that, what are you telling me? I can go to school for free <laughs> on Scott? What are you telling me? Like, really? I, it, the, the, the process went by me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, you know? Mm -hmm. I was just focused on the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so when I started getting the calls, I started getting the letters. It started to become 
overwhelming. I go to games and I got seven coaches waiting to talk to me after the game. And, uh, you know, coaches showing up at my door, like wanted to speak to me and wanted to fly me here, or sending me tickets for this and send, wanted to send me a little bit of cash. And it's, it went, it was crazy. You know, I, I was fortunate because I, I was heavily recruited coming out of Montreal at a time where it wasn't the norm, you know, it wasn't the norm. So I had NBA players calling me and trying to get me to their schools. And it was, uh, it was a uh, fun and turbulent time, yeah. you know, fun and turbulent time. So how did you, so going through all that, wow. mm -hmm. I, know, I know I know you went to West Virginia. What made you yeah. decide to go there? Um, I, well, it's funny. It's a funny story, but I, I originally wanted to go to St. John's. Okay. That's where I wanted to go, um, you know, out of New York. And um, they were, they had sent me some stuff. They were calling me, they were recruiting me, but I knew they were waiting for another player. You know, I had the foresight and the understanding that Yes, they wanted me, but I wasn't their first choice. Their first choice was Walter Berry. And Walter Berry was in JUCO at the time. And uh, he was JUCO player of the year. He, he, when he went to St. John's, he was NCAA player, player of the year. He went to the NBA. He was like number two or three or number one draft pick, you know. So he was a baller. And I knew that. And he's from New York. So I had to make a, an about face. I had to make a turn. So West Virginia was very interested. Uh, I went for a visit there. They flew a plane. They sent a private plane to pick me up. Mm. You know, the plane had problems, had to turn around. So I had to, I had to pay for my own flight. They reimbursed me. It was a, it was a whole mix up. That should have told me something then, but I was comfortable with West Virginia. I went there, visited, um, with a bunch of other schools, but I visited there and, uh, I like what I saw. They were ahead of the game. They were always top 30 tools, top, top 30 school. Mm -hmm. um, their competition was top notch, one of the better schedules in the country, uh, 15,000 seat stadium, you know, good academics, you know, big university. Like I was like, okay, I can handle this. Not too far from Toronto where I had family. Mm -hmm. I can drive there. You know, it worked for me. It worked. Okay. okay. Well, was it a hard adjustment to go from CJEP to, I guess, a D1 in a like big time school like that? Um, no, and I always say that the adjustment, like Montreal prepared me for a lot. I grew up downtown Montreal. I grew up in the city. I grew up in an international flair. I, I wasn't, uh, you know, on different cultures. You know what I mean? And I, we have that, we have that, that natural um, cultural mix living in Montreal. Mm -hmm. So I was able to adjust pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, there were some things I had to learn, obviously. But as far as the basketball goes, basketball is basketball is basketball. You know what I mean? And um, I, I, I picked up that real quickly. And I, and I understood what my place was as far as a ball player there, you know. And uh, I just followed. I just followed the routine that was set in front of me, which I always try to tell my players now, follow the routine the program sets for you. You get up, you go to your classes, you go to your study hall, you go to practice, you eat do your homework, boom, shut it down, don't party too hard, and get ready to do it again the next day, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I followed that, you know, and I focused on my sport and I focused on my academics, my academics, and I actually became a better student, a better, with a better ability to study when I got to university, because I had, I was focused, 
I was focused. I, you know, I had a plan. I had, I had, um, discipline, more discipline, you know? So, and, and, um, I didn't know this about you, but you played football. Yes. Virginia. And I'm sure a lot of people don't know, but yeah. So you played, you played football and basketball. Yes. And you were, I guess, a wide receiver. Yeah. Split end. Yeah. So how did you, how do you do both? And when the both well, like full time, yeah. Well, when I went to West Virginia, I only have three. I only had three years of eligibility to okay. play. Back then, they didn't know what CJEP was all about, so they took a year away from me like quickly. Mm. So okay. I only had three years of eligibility to play basketball, which is a funny rule. Like now, it's not like that. It's mm. the ruling has changed completely for CJEP. But so I played three years of basketball, and I had another year left. So I had one year left on my to finish my degree. So I I was playing football. In fact, I was working out in the football stadium. That's where I used to work out in the summers. I do all my basketball training in the summer at the football stadium with the football strength coach. I did plyometric training, weightlifting. I did all my training there in the summer. So I was working out one summer and the head coach came to the weight room and was watching me. And he said, you know, like, I see you on the basketball court, but you're in here all the time training. Like, you know, why don't you come out for the football team? And I said, sure, I'll come. No problem. And I had played football before, and I was a receiver. I was a tight end. So I went out to a couple of practices, and he watched me catch the ball. And he called me, and he's obviously, look, I want to offer you a scholarship. Wow. And I was like, sure. I was finishing up my year, no problem. I didn't know it would lead to me, you know, going to the Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas, <laughs> you know, playing against Oklahoma and wow. um, Barry Sanders and seeing all that. And then – you know, getting drafted in, in the Calgary and working out for Dallas and, and Minnesota Vikings and, you know, being invited to Dallas wanted me to come to their camp really bad. And, um, I was like, I, like, I turned it down. Like I, I ended up going to Greece instead, you know, even Calgary sent me two year contract to play for Calgary to Stampeders. And, you know, I ended up going to Greece instead. Wow. You know, and playing pro basketball in Greece. Were, were were you surprised? Were you surprised that after only one year, all those teams, all those, all those football team wanted you? I, I was uh, I was surprised, um, but yet, like I understood the football culture. I already am a six foot seven athlete who ran like a four five six forty, who could catch the ball, run routes. I was agile enough to run routes. They were like, okay, grab him. <laughs> grab him, grab him. Like, I, I understood, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I actually, going to West Virginia, I wanted to play baseball and basketball. I didn't want to, I wasn't thinking about playing football. I wanted to play baseball. But, you know, the basketball coach was like, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry, you're not playing baseball too, so. Oh, man. But I ended up playing uh, football, and uh, it was a great experience for me. Football really helped me with basketball, with the training and the speed work and the running. Um, the lifting, it really helped me as far as, as, far as basketball is concerned. Mm -hmm. So I, I, and also, so after West Virginia, mm -hmm. what, what were your plans thinking? Okay, did you, did you, did you know you want to play pro or was this something that you were like, you know what, I'll try go to the NBA first or what was you, what would you do after West Virginia? Well, right after school, I, I had already, during school, my senior year, I had already uh, tried out for the national team to play up, in the Olympics. Yeah. So I was already on the team. I had to leave school, go for like a week and then come back and finish school. Yeah. So I had already, I had already put that in place. Okay. 
Um, so it, so I knew I was going to do that. I was hoping to get drafted. Um, I, I know some teams sent me some stuff, Boston, and I think Seattle sent me some stuff. Um, I led my team in scoring. I was versatile. I played in the backcourt my senior year, started in the backcourt, but I, I was a very good defender. I had some size. Um, I, but I, I didn't, I didn't make, I wasn't scoring 20 points a game, 17. I, I, at one point I was leading our league in scoring. That was early in the year, averaging about 18 points a game. If I still averaged 18, I would have probably been drafted, but I ended up averaging just under 14, like 13, five or just under 14 a game, which was leading on my team. But we had a very a unique team where we had a lot of guys averaging 10 points, you know, 11 points. And I, I just happened to be led the team in scoring, but it wasn't a high, high amount of points. Um, so like I wasn't free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I um, later on, I got some free agent looks. Um, like I think I was with the Raptors their first year. Um, the Knicks really wanted me to come to camp, but those are opportunities that were just to come to camp. They already had their roster of 15 with the Raptors in 96 because mm-hmm. it's an expansion team. You come in with 15. Mm-hmm. You have to come in with 15 guys. So I, you know, Isaiah saw me play. He said, come, you're good enough to make the team. Unfortunately, we can't take you, but, you know, maybe you can go to Europe or whatever, you know. So mm-hmm. that was 96. I went to camp. But going back towards graduation in 88, like, I didn't get drafted. Uh, Boston sent me some stuff, but I had already put my eggs in playing with the national team and going to the Olympics. So um, we had qualified um, that summer um, in Uruguay to go to the Olympics for 1988 in Seoul, Korea. And um, Mm -hmm. I spent my whole summer traveling and training the whole summer, literally all over the world. And, um, you know, in September, we were in the Olympics in Seoul, Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. How, how was that? I know, I, know, I know that you played for Team Quebec. And yep. you also played for the national team. How was it representing, I guess, the, your province, I mean, the province and or uh, the national team especially? How was that for you? It, it, it was great. And, you know, it's, it's a proud moment. Like, you know, it, you know, we were fortunate on the national team. At that time, we had myself and Dwight were from Quebec. And we played on a national team together. We played in the Olympics together. So that was a proud moment for us representing Quebec because at that time, I don't think we, we didn't get a lot of love from other parts of the country, you know, mm-hmm. as far as basketball was concerned. So for us to be able to represent our province and then to go on to represent the country in international competition, you know, um, Pan Am Games, World University Games, uh, you know, world championships, you know, that's it's a proud moment for us coming out of Quebec, you know, coming out of where I came from, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was a proud moment for us. And uh, we always look back on that fondly as representing Quebec. Oh. Maybe we see Hello? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. I got a okay. long distance call. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so <laughs> representing, representing you know, our province first and then representing our country. Like, you know, it's, a, it's obviously, it's a very proud moment, you know. It's mm-hmm. a very proud moment. I got a chance to meet a lot of people uh, in, in, in Montreal, in the city. The mayor at the time, uh, Mayor Dore, I took pictures with him. We had a, you know, and to this day, I get a lot of stuff in the mail, emails from um, the Olympic Association. So they still actively keep me involved. I'm still up on the news as far as the Olympics are concerned. And, 
and our programs are, are, are concerned. And it's a, it's a proud moment for me. And I, and I always look back on that being one of the highlights of my being in the Olympics and just being a, associated with that. Yeah. I, I, know, I know that in 88, the NBA player were not playing in the Olympic yet. No, no, you're but, right. But, but did you play uh, the USC team? Yeah, we played the U.S. team. They were coached by John Thompson. On that team, there were no NBA players, but on that team was Danny Manning, Dan Marley, Mitch Richmond, Jeff wow. Grayer, Charles wow. Smith. Uh, David Robinson. You know, pardon me? David Robinson. David Robinson, yes. Like, it was, it was all first-round NBA team, yes. first-round picks. <laughs> all of them, the whole team, you know. We, we, lost, we played them. We lost that game by four points. So, you know, Stacy Ogman, like the, the, you know, J.R. Reed, like it's all first round players, first round picks. So it was, uh, it was, it was good. It was good. It was good. You know. And, and I know also you, did you play against uh, Vladi Diva? I, I know he was. Yeah. In- yeah. We played, <laughs> we played Yugoslavia, who I think beat us by about 25 or so. I'm not quite sure. I don't quite remember it. I know they beat us pretty bad. They had Vladi Divac, Tony Kukoc, Drazen Petrovic. Um, you know, they, they had an all-NBA all squad. Their starting lineup, the smallest guy was 6'6". Six, six, that was Petrovic. And they had 6'10", 6'9", 7'4". Like, you know, they were a squad, you know. And they didn't even win the Olympics that year. It was um, the Soviet Union. Jeez. You know, the Soviet Union with Sabonis, um, you know, Marcelunis. All those guys, you know. Man. So yeah, that was uh, that was the last year of of uh, amateur for basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But all those guys are, you know, every name that I mentioned are all proven NBA players. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, also, uh, yeah, you got a chance to play with uh, Steve Nash, I believe. We yes, I played with Steve on a national team, um, mm-hmm. or Steve played with me. Um, <laughs> you know <laughs> you know he, he was a young buck on the squad but um I had a chance to play with Steve uh good guy good player um focused on the game uh positive gentleman good guy did you know then he would become the player he did he became yeah I, like I like I watching him play playing with him like I knew he had some he had some uh special talent you know what I mean I knew he had some special talent, and, and I thought that, I, you know what? Um, I think this guy has a chance to go to the league. He's, like, he's good enough. He's good enough. He does things differently. He does things at a level that I, don't, I haven't seen too often as far as point guards go, you know? Um, of course, I didn't expect him to be a two-time MVP and have the career he had, you know, I, but I thought he had a chance, you know, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. To, to make it to the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, quick question. What do you think about the evo- evolution of Quebec basketball? Because like you said, before it was <laughs> you, uh, Dwight, but now there's a lot of people that's going to the NBA or NCAA. So what do you think of the evolution? And yeah. What, say that again? What do what you think of the evolution of the Quebec basketball? Wow. It's like... You know, it, it's incredible. Like basketball in the whole in our country has gone, it's, it's really taken off, obviously. Yeah. Um, with, with how things are in Quebec, it's great to see that guys are getting an opportunity to go directly to the league from here and they're getting those opportunities. Like I look at Chris Boucher in, in Toronto who signed um, a longer term deal 
in Toronto. Um, I look at um, Kareem Maine most recently, mm-hmm. you know, who's who got some minutes uh, the other day with Orlando. Yeah. Um, and um, what's his name? How could I forget his name? Lugens. Lugens. Yeah. Lugens, you know, for me, like, Lugens, I, I, Lugens is, to me was people, you know, somebody was asking me the other day about Lugens, and I said, look, he's, he's got the most talent out of anybody, maybe, coming out of, uh, out of uh, Canada, period, you know, mm-hmm. and he showed it very early in his playing career, yeah. you know, playing in, um, playing in uh, all-star games uh, out of high school and stuff like that, and he was always a dominant player. And he made it by being an exceptional defender. Yeah. And you saw that last year when he, they put him to cover Harden, you know? Mm-hmm. And not only did he cover Harden, he dropped 30 in, a, in the game, you know? So yeah. the guy is supremely talented, and, and he, goes, he gets after it. He gets after it, you know, all the time. He puts it on the floor all the time, 100%. And that's hard to teach, and that's a passion that he has and an understanding that he has. And he's going to be in the league, I, I predict, for a long time. Mm-hmm. true 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 um so after i believe um your basketball basketball career i'd say mm-hmm. um what what led you to coaching why'd you decide to coach it, 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 well i kind of fell into it i did some coaching when i was playing ball in europe some player coaching like you know helping the coach out running practices and stuff like that so um i had already dabbled in coaching and uh it's a little different coaching while you're playing <laughs> you know <laughs> It's a little different, um, but when I came back to Montreal, I I um, I, I looked into uh, I, w- I remember going to see some Dawson practices, and uh, I was working out. My boy Trevor was coaching at the time, and I went to see him a few times. And John Davidson, who was the athletic director at Dawson, saw me, pulled me over, talked to me, and asked me if I wanted to coach. So he'd like me to coach, and I said, you know, I'll support the Double A team, and you know, no problem. So I coached the double-A team, and the following year, um, I was the head coach. Years after that, I think a year or year after that, Olga moved on to UCAM, mm-hmm. and the 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 triple-A team was open, and they asked me to, to take the job, and I was like, sure. Yeah. And I've been there ever since, so yeah. I kind of fell into it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's... Um, I always say, like, I coach from a player's perspective. After playing for so long and then being immersed into coaching, um, you know, I, I, I'm big on film and um, big on uh, allowing the players to play in their strength and making sure that they're successful in what they can do and not putting them in situations where, where they're going to fail. you got to challenge guys, but you also got to make the system set so that guys um, – can be successful right and sometimes mm-hmm. as coaches we hang on to the system that we want and the system doesn't work for all for the players mm-hmm. so i try to adjust my system to suit the players that i have and um hopefully i'm i've been doing that hopefully mm-hmm. i'm able to continue to do that and uh i still love coaching you know mm-hmm. it's getting a little crazy with this recruiting business and all that but uh <laughs> i still love the coaching um before that um before i ask you another question um your professional career how was, mm-hmm. was it challenging, like moving, like going to a different country or, you yeah. know, like a lot of people think playing overseas is easy or, you know, it's all, yeah. how was it? Uh, um, I enjoy, first of all, it's great experience playing yeah. for different places, playing under different cultures was great. My first year overseas, I went to Greece and um, 
you know, I've never been to Greece before. I didn't know Greek language at all. Um, so, and I went to a part of Greece where they really didn't speak a lot of English, hardly any. Mm. So, and my coach is Yugoslavian who didn't speak very good English and spoke even worse Greek. So it was like, you know, but um, we practice. When you get in the gym, the gym is the gym. You, you know, the ball is the ball. The game yeah. is the game. Yeah. You know, it's any language. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. So I, I was fortunate enough to, to get with a coach like that. And that made things a lot easier. Again, when I, when I went overseas, to me, I was getting paid. That's pro ball. And I always tell guys, you, you're playing basketball now, but you won't really start to play and understand until you're playing for the dollar in your pocket. When you start playing for a dollar in your pocket, you need to change how you approach things. And I approach things as a professional. I got up in the morning. I went to the gym for two hours to shoot, handle the ball. I left the gym, went to the weight room, ate my lunch, took a rest, and then got prepared for my evening practice. And that was my schedule. And that's what I did every single day. So it it made, again, it's um, planning your time. Um, time management, it's, it's um, disciplining yourself and attending to the task at hand. And the task at hand for me was I can be when I step on that floor and not allowing anybody to take any, anything away from me, not, not allowing myself to get hurt because you get hurt, you're on the plane back home, you know, earning my bonuses when I needed to and doing what I had to do. Like I led three or four leagues in scoring, I was MVP in two or three leagues. Like I, I did my thing when I, when I played overseas, you know, I had a great time. I played in Greece, Germany, uh, Switzerland, uh, France. I played all over the place, you know, so I, it was a great experience for me. Which, which country would you say was the best? And the best as far as leagues? No, uh, your experience, just your personal experience. So it can be, I guess, basketball and outside of basketball. I, I can't, I can't, like, I, the first place I went to was Greece. So, like, you know, like, it's, it's, it's I have fondness in my heart for there because it's mm-hmm. the first place I went to. It was mm-hmm. a great experience. The people were great. Um, culture was great. Um, but, you know, playing in Germany was great, too. You know, playing in Switzerland was great, too. Like, you know, I, 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 I Cyprus, too. Like, you know, I can't, I can't tell you which one was better. I just knew I had good experiences in all those places positive experiences, good basketball. Greece was very good basketball, you know, um, but the other place was good basketball as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I you know, I, I didn't fight. I didn't fight the culture. I, I accepted it. I live with it. I'm living in somebody else's home. I have mm-hmm. to adjust myself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's the true... Um, that's the true thing that you have to do to keep yourself comfortable in another place, in another land, mm-hmm. that you have to stay there for a while. You got to adjust yourself. You got to understand, you know, this is not my home. I got to conduct myself a certain way. Yeah. Um, I can't insult people. I, I, I got to be, you know, be yourself, but at the same time, understand that you're not at home. Um, you know, protect yourself, keep yourself, you know, try to stay around good people, positive people. You learn a lot about yourself when you go someplace and you have to live there alone. So uh, I learned a lot about myself, but I like being alone. It's not a bad thing. (laughs) You can't be happy with yourself. You know, you can't be happy with nobody else. That's true. Um, uh, Coaching at Dawson, a lot of (laughs) players have come through there. Oh, yeah. How how did you, how were you able to recruit all these great talent that you had on your team? Oh, 
Look, I, I just, you know, I know what I like. I know what I liked as a player mm-hmm. and I know what I like as a coach. And I know the style of basketball that I like to coach. I like to put my players in mm-hmm. and um, I look for guys who love to play. I look for guys who obviously had some talent for the game, um, a love for the game, first of all. And I think that's we, we lose a little bit of that now. Guys don't like to play and they like the accolades and they're playing to go get a scholarship. But do you love to play? Like, you know, do you love to play? And I, and I, and I try to recruit guys that love to play. I try to get guys that want to come to Dawson. You know, and I was telling somebody yesterday, yeah, this recruiting is something else, but, you know, if I have to convince you to come and play at Dawson or play for me, if I have to go out of my way to convince you, really convince you, then what am I doing here? Maybe you really don't want to come here. You know, some guys just like to be convinced and I get that, you know, all I can do is give you, you know, the positives about my program, positives about what we do. I'm honest. I don't stretch the truth. I don't beat around the bush. Um, I like to be very direct with kids when I speak to them. Um, I'm there to help. I'm an adult. I, I, I'm there to help you. If, if you're not coming to me, hey, if you still need some help, I, I'm, you, you, know, you can give me a call and I'll try to help you or help to guide you in the right direction wherever you go. Um, I don't leave the relationship off, cut it off like that as recruiting. You're not coming here, so I'm done. Hey. Like, you know, listen, if you need some help, let me know. I have no problem with that. Even if you're playing for somebody else, I don't have, it's not a big deal for me. I'm there to support kids. Um, So finding a a kid that wants to come to Dawson and has the talent and the desire and is willing to work. And, you know, I don't like to sit guys either. So that helps too. I like guys to play. You'll make your mistakes, but you're going to make mistakes on the floor, not on the bench. So I'm going to put you into the mix real early and uh, see what you can handle, help you to handle it better the next time. So there's a lot that goes into picking guys, you know. Okay. If I've been lucky, I've had some good players playing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And um, as an outsider, because I went to Champlain, I, yeah. there was always a big rivalry, uh, Dowson and Vanier. So when yeah. they started? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I know when I played, um, Vanier was a, was, a, was a rival to us. You know what I mean? Um, they had some good teams back then when I was playing, and uh, you know we were dominant. You know we were dominant back then. We were yeah. we were we didn't we didn't take a backseat to nobody, you know. And uh, we're on the way to going back there. I, I guess it's still it's still a thing. Like you know, yeah. Friday night it's a Vanier Dawson game. You know it's going to be packed no matter what. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I, I remember also when I was playing in 2011. I believe mm-hmm. that year you won Coach of the Year. It's you know, possible. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think I've got a couple of those. I, I don't <laughs> remember. I don't remember. A couple of those. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty, that's pretty big. So, I, like, yeah. winning Coach of the Year, and I guess when you win Coach of the Year, you're also nominated for CC, uh, CCAA yeah. Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, does that – do you ever look back? Is that something that you're going for, or is it just something that just happens, you know? Uh, for me, it's something that just happens. Like, I, I, I never I – never, it's, like, it's not like playing when you, you actively go out, like, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and, you know, we'll see where it lies, but I should be in that kind of position. But as a coach, I'm just coaching. I, I, I don't worry. I don't really worry about uh, awards or accolades as a coach. 
I want my players to, um, to know that I've done the best job I can do with them and I've worked with them the best I could. And um, that's all that matters to me, really, how my players feel about what I'm doing with them. Um, I really don't worry about um, awards as a coach or accolades or anything like that. Um, uh, if it comes, great. If it doesn't, that's great too. It's not something I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really, I immerse myself with my team and I, I try to, I try to, as I get older, I work really hard to try not to let certain things interfere with, with what I know has to be done. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, that to me, trying to go out and get an award as a coach, like, you know, I, I've done enough in my life. I, I, I don't think I, my ego needs to be fed in that way. I just want my guys to know that I, I've done, if they're happy with what I'm doing, my players, then I'm more than ecstatic about what's taking place. You know what I mean? I really am. Uh, it's really. Okay. Yeah. Seth, my last question before we start yeah. the game. Uh, can you name me, you don't have to answer, but can you name me maybe one or two players that give you nightmare, prepare for, like as a coach? Mm. It's funny. I, I, that's a hard question because I prepare as a team. Um, we, we're, we're team, we're very team oriented. So like, you know, every team has a guy that, you know, you got to watch out for, but we try to do it as a team and be mindful as a team that, okay, we don't want to give this guy that's that spot from the corner where he's very effective shooting the three. So as a team, be mindful of that. Um, if a guy gets picked off on a screen, be mindful when you're giving help, you might have to stay with them if he's heading to the corner because that's his, that's his spot. Uh, don't, don't allow penetration because this guy's a penetrator. So make sure help side, we're ready to step in, force him away from the lane. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always a team thing. I, I, yes, I, I, I put certain guys on certain players because of their ability on defense, but it's a team defensive scheme. So I don't look at certain guys to like, okay, we got to stop him or else, you know, yeah. because I find when you do that at this level, it takes away from your whole team defense and teams are good enough now where they have more than one guy who can put the ball on the basket or can hurt you, you know? Covering uh, a man and a half, you're a man and half of your teammates, man. So, you know, it's, it's always help, help each other, mm -hmm. you know? So I don't worry too much about individual um, players. It's more of a team concept. During um during this whole pandemic, how are you recruiting players for next year, or like or the like how? It, it, yeah, yeah it's it, it's funny you say that. Like I I went to watch a kid work out yesterday. A couple of kids work out yesterday, mm -hmm. and I was just sitting on the side and just looking and you know not saying too much. Um, and I've been out, and I've been out of town for for a while. So mm -hmm. and I just got back last Saturday. Mm -hmm. So um it it's. It's knowing what's out there, knowing the players. Like, I, my assistant coaches are good at knowing who's out there and knowing what our needs are. I let, look, guys, this is what we need. You guys need to go and find, you know? So once they've targeted a player, um, I'm like, okay, I need to see film. I need to look at this kid. Um, and then I'll try to do some Zoom meetings and stuff like that and, and talk with my coaches, um, meet with them if possible. But then I start to evaluate players and evaluate how they'll fit into 
um, what we do, um, how they'll fit into um, their skill set, and does it look like they can improve on certain things, and what level are they at in, in that particular skill set, um, and then I and that's it. I, I that, that's what I've been doing, you know. So so far it's been working pretty well. We've signed a couple of guys, and I think we have some more secret signings coming this week. Um, so uh, we, we've done pretty good the last little while. And um, hopefully it continues. Um, I don't think we're going to play any ball this year. Um, not until probably September. Things are going to kick back up again. I guess mm -hmm. this vaccine is coming out. So uh, I'm sure by summer, I'm hoping by June that we're going to start to get to some type of normalcy around here, which would be nice. Um, and then I'm sure the summer will be hot and furious with yeah. teams prepping and getting ready for the season, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Last, last quick question. <laughs> cool. Um, you don't have to answer this again. Uh, is there a player that maybe you pass out on, and then now three years later you, I guess, maybe regret it because you went to maybe Champlain or uh, whatever team? Mm. No, no, I, I, I don't. If I passed on a player, I passed on a player for a reason. It might be because I already have those, that position mm -hmm. and I'll never recruit over a player. I don't believe in doing that. Um, I don't believe in just taking a player and taking him and forcing another kid out like that. I, I, at this level, I don't feel like I have to do that. I don't feel that that's the way to go. And I'll tell a player straight up, listen, man, I, I have more than enough players in this position. It wouldn't be fair to bring you in into this situation. You know, I just can't right now, and um, and I and I and I believe in that, and it's I've never felt like I'm. I wish I would have taken him. I wish no, because I I feel that if the player went somewhere somewhere else and he was successful, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for that guy. I'm glad that you're you you know you're successful where you are and you've had a good career there, and you know I wish you the best. You know, so I've never felt. I'm sorry that I didn't get a player or I didn't, you know, mm -hmm. I've never felt sorry about that. I, I've, I've always felt like, you know, you know, if they went somewhere else, it's okay. You know, as long as, you know, I'd like to see the players flourish, of course, not against my team, but, but, <laughs> but I, but I, <laughs> I want to see them flourish. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't want to see a guy have a bad time somewhere. I want him to see him to do well. I want to see him go on to do bigger and better things either with basketball or with his life, you know, it's all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. good, man. It's all good. There's no hate here for me. Yeah, it's yeah. all, it's all good. I want to see these guys flourish. You know, I'm lucky because I, 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 I basketball bit me at a very early age and I ran with it and I, I, I used the game to get me my education, to help me to see the world um, as a player, as a coach. Um, and, and it's, you know, to be still involved with the game at some level and to see guys to help guys to flourish and possibly go beyond where I, what I've done. It's, it's, it's like, you know, I feel fortunate, you know, and I, and I wish the best for every guy, any guy that I come in contact with. I, if I can give you any tips on getting yourself better or approaching higher, higher levels of the game, You know, like I look, man. I'm there, man. Take what I take. What take from me? It's all good, man. It's all good. Okay, okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Kenny, game. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. we have a game, and said as a quick game before we, I guess, end the interview. My game is you have to name me. Seth, do we say coach, oh. player that he coach, or player that he played with? 
uh, let's say uh, played with. Okay, played uh -huh. with. So yeah. you, you have to name me your top top five, like your best point guard that you play with, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. Oh man. <laughs> okay, point guard. Um, Trevor Williams. Okay. Is uh is the best point guard I play with. I play with a lot of point guards. Um even Steve Nash. Steve Nash, you know, of course obviously yeah. is very good. But Trevor, I, Trevor's Trevor's my guy. Trevor mm -hmm. Williams is probably the best point guard that I played with. You know, just his understanding, his athleticism, his his skill on both ends of the court. You know, defensively, offensively, like he's a beast. He's a beast. Um, whew, where am I going now? Centers, shooting guard, shooting guard. guard. Wow. You guys are put. That's boy. You guys are putting me down hard here. <laughs> Shooting guard, uh, who I played with. Um, I played with well Peter Balfour, who I grew up with, was a great shooter. Um, you guys probably didn't know, don't know of him for sure. Didn't go to college, didn't go to university, but he was a highly recruited five-star MVP. Like he was, he was a baller. Um, Dale Blaney, who I played with at West Virginia, who was drafted by the Lakers with magic, six, four shooting guard from Ohio. Very good. I played with Jay Triano mm. with the national team who yeah. was a shooting guard, like could shoot the ball. He can shoot that ball really well. Um, geez. I guess any one of those guys, you know. <laughs> okay. And a small forward? Small forward. Uh, you guys are killing me. Um, Tony Sims was like a shooting guard, small forward. Played at Boston U under Rick Pitino. Uh, very good shooting guard. All Canadian guys I'm telling you about, too. Yeah. Um, very good small forward. Uh, Six five super athlete could play the point too at six five. Um, played the point at Boston University under Rick Pitino. Um, like I said, was uh, went to the Knicks for a time. Um, was a world class triple jumper, world class track athlete. Um, who I've seen him do some dunks and punch the ball in the rim with the rim over by his elbow, like just a freaky athlete, strong, great defender. As far as uh, small forwards, like yeah. he's. Like, oh, he was a beast. Power forward? Power forward. Mm. Mm. Yourself? <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> well, I, you see, I, I was, I was, uh, I would say I was a little bit ahead of my time because um, I was big enough to play any front court position probably, yeah. but I, I played every position. So, yeah. you know. I started at forward when I first got to West Virginia. I played forward, but by my senior year, I was starting in the backcourt. So, you know, I had a little bit of everything. Dwight Walton was solid as a power forward, but he was a power forward, small forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Played the power game, but he was more a small forward size. But he was, a you know, yeah. hybrid. He was a hybrid forward, you know? 
power forward in a small forward's body, but played that physical rebounding, like, you know, game. Um, geez, I just, that's about it. Okay, so, and, and center? <laughs> center. I played with Greg Wilcher, Bill Wennington had a little bit. Um, yeah. Mike Smrek, who was, has a couple of rings with the Lakers, all Canadian guys. Um, you know, those guys were top of the heap as far as centers go, you know. And, and uh, also, um, can you name your top five players that you coached? <laughs> it could be any position, top five. I, 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 top five. I, I, I know I, I know I can't because I tried to do it. I've been asked that question too many times. Oh man! But I like you know like I most recently I had um, Dadzi who played for me, mm -hmm. Bahadzi Hadera who plays for um, George Mason right now, mm -hmm. and um, like he's like I played point guard for me at six six. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. He's a beast. <laughs> you know, um, Adrian Heinz, Gary Ryan Rosnacki, uh, kept. Loiselle, Kyle Demeret, you know what I mean? Like Chris Warner, yeah. like I had some guys, uh, Brian Ofori, like I, like I had a lot of guys, man. And I'm leaving guys oh, out, yeah, but yeah. I had so many guys who can go. Jeff Desado, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like I had some players, man. Matt Thornhill, like I, there's no way I can pick five, my <laughs> top five. There's no way. <laughs> don't do that to me. Don't put me in that, in that box. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm gonna give you three scenarios. You gotta, mm. you gotta, you gotta uh, start one, bench one, and cut one. Okay, so you start one, bench one, cut one. Okay. Right, so three scenarios. Yeah. So one, the first one is uh, playing for Dawson and win a national national uh, championship mm -hmm. that year. So that's one. The second one is playing for the national team and having a chance mm -hmm. to go to the Olympics, which is, I think, pretty huge, big, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then the third one is have, uh, playing overseas, playing professional. Oof. All these countries. So you got to start one, bench one, and cut one. Oof. I start one probably making the Olympic team. Okay. Going to the Olympics. That's a start yeah. one. Okay. Hmm. One was national championship at Dawson, yeah. and the other one was playing overseas, all those countries. Playing overseas. Yeah. Woo wee. <laughs> um. Mm. Tough, tough, tough. Yeah. Um. Wow. That's a hard one. Oh boy. I, I, I uh, let me tell you what my dilemma is. My, I'm going to tell you my dilemma. My dilemma is uh, going overseas and playing yeah. that is, is kind of a profound experience because playing in a bunch of different places across, like in a different part of the world, yeah. and that stays with you for a long time. Um, getting a national championship at Dawson is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing mm -hmm. as well. Um, but I got one as a coach, too. <laughs> So I, I, I'll drop the Dawson. Oh, I can't believe good. I'm saying that. But it's because yeah, I yeah. it's because I have, have one as a yeah. coach as well, and have a coach having one as a coach. It's such a great experience as well. So I can cut one of okay. those championships. <laughs> so all right, that's good. It's good. Okay. So Kenny, mm -hmm. done.
Yeah, no. you got some good questions there, guys. You got some good questions. <laughs> yeah, man. So listen, uh, listen, Wayne. I really appreciate your time on this. I think people are going to watch this and learn a lot because it's definitely there's some things that right. I didn't even know, you know, and that I, I got caught surprise. And it's just, it's really amazing to see the, the career that you know, like mm-hmm. having been while I was playing while you were coaching at Dawson. You know, I just knew you as a coach. You know. Yeah. And then I've I've heard stories of when you used to play, but I never really knew. You know. So like, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people are going to watch this and learn. Yeah, a lot about you and what you're about as a coach, as a, where as a player, and I really appreciate your time on coming on here and discussing with us. Hey guys, hey, I, I appreciate you guys and looking me up and um, asking me to come onto your your podcast. Like mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm going to be looking out for you guys um, on your podcast. Um, you bring value mm-hmm. to 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 the city and to the province, and um, I appreciate the time I spent with you. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, really, thank you for having me. Merci. C'est sûr, comme Seth a dit, il y a beaucoup de personnes qui vont regarder le podcast puis qui vont apprendre. Puis même quand, comme Seth a dit, moi aussi, il y a beaucoup d'affaires que je ne savais pas de toi, que j'ai appris. So, c'est sûr, il y a beaucoup de personnes qui vont apprendre de les informations que tu nous as données. So, merci encore d'avoir accepté l'invitation puis de nous avoir parlé de ton journey. So, merci. Merci. So to everyone listening, don't forget to subscribe. Once again, I'm Seth Moa with Kenny. And stay tuned for our next episode.